Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He served at the Pentagon as an Army Jag. He graduated from Notre Dame and has two law degrees from Boston University and Georgetown University. He's been practicing law for over 25 years. He's your family's personal attorney. It's time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, Elder law, real estate, and business law. So give us a call, why don't you? 888 463 2843. That's 888 463 2843. And we'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. It's easy to do, you know, and that's not the only way. You could even uh, you could even uh, drop us an email. How about that? Wow, email. David at davidcarrierlaw.com. That's how you do the email. Or you know, are we making it easy? Are we just pampering you people, huh? Pampering you? You can call, you can email, you can even go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com. And right there, there's some place on there to click, and you can share your uh, share your views, your news and views. And if you do, then we'll get those things on the uh, on the air. We're more than happy to uh, more than happy to accommodate uh, whatever you'd like. Uh, of course, we deal with uh, what estate planning, uh, which is wills, trust, probate. Powers of attorney, beneficiary designations, ladybird deeds. Oh, love the ladybird deeds. Not really. But anyway, it's a useful tool. It is ladybird deeds, useful tool. Uh, but man, oh man, you know, I like bacon and eggs too. But it doesn't mean I only use, you know, I have other things. <laughs> Even sometimes for breakfast, other than bacon and eggs. Like with the ladybird deeds, all of a sudden ladybird deeds have become the be all and end all, the, the whole the whole kishmash, and it, ain't, it just isn't that way. So anyway, uh, you can call us about that. You can also call us about elder law. Elder law is that part where we hang on to your stuff for you, and we're talking about long-term care. Long-term care might mean nursing home care. Could be assisted living, could be independent living, could be adult foster care, could be at-home care. i got to tell you, so often when we talk about this stuff, uh, you know, the the – biggest, uh, meanest, uh, most obnoxious gorilla in the room, elephant in the room, hippopotamus, I don't care what you, you know, whatever. Uh, The worst is uh, long-term, is uh, the nursing home, you know, what we think of as traditional nursing home care. Uh, But the fact of the matter is uh, that for an awful lot of folks, at-home care is is possible. It's just that uh, it hasn't been available. And so the PACE program, Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly, there's also the My Choice program, Michigan Choice program. There's also the Waiver program. These are all designed to keep you at home, to provide. And then most counties have a senior millage, which provide additional services on top of that. And so often nowadays, and it's, it's really, uh, this has been a sea change, I'd say, over the 
10 years, let's say, let's just call it 10 years, uh, where it was nursing home or nothing. And we went from nursing home or nothing to, hey, look at all the stuff. Look at all these different things we can do to get you uh, services where you need them. Because I'll tell you what, people are not lining up outside the nursing home, just can't wait to get in. That is not happening. And what happens so often, and we, we've got two of these, this past week, got two of these cases, where you can't do anything but admire the spouse for 10 or 15 years of caring for, without any assistance, you know, barely, uh, caring for their spouse at home. And, uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing that they've done. It's a, but, it's, but it's destroyed their health, not, you know, not only the spouse, you know, they've, they've got the dementia, what have you, but it's destroyed the, the health of the caregiver spouse. Now, understand, caregiver spouse dies first, dies first two-thirds of the time. Two-thirds of, well, 64% of the time. It's arguable over 3%. 64% of the time, that's the new numbers, uh, the caregiver spouse dies first because they kill themselves keeping the other one out of the nursing home. And you might think that's worth it. You know, my mom and dad made the pact. Oh, neither of us will ever go to nursing home. I'll care for you at home, right? Uh, yeah, but unto death, really? And what if, what if there were programs available right, so that you didn't have to do it 24-7, 365, or call the kids in or whatever else? And that's what PACE is. Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. It's such a wonderful, wonderful program because it does what people really want. Nobody wants to leave home. They'd rather stay there, right? But if you can't do all the heavy lifting, we just, last week, and this is not untypical, right? So you've got, <laughs> I have to be careful here, but I'm not going to be. So we got the, you know, mom, you know, you know those little ladies, you know what I mean? You know, a strong wind would blow them over, right? But they rule with an iron fist. <laughs> My mom was kind of like that. Just a little thing. But, boy, she, you know, everything in control. Anyway, so you got the, you got the, you know, the farmer-type husband, 225, 230 pounds, right? You know, big strapping guy. And then you got the little bird-like mom who's broken her back two or three times anyway trying to pick him up. It's like... Oh, my gosh. It doesn't have to be that way. Okay? All right? There are and, – and it's not – and see, this is the problem. This is, the, this is the, the thing that people get themselves into. It's like, oh, I promised I wouldn't – I don't want him in the nursing home. I want my husband right here in his house, you know, and, and if I reach out for help, then they're going to take him away. Feet first, out he goes, and then I have to – you know, then we're in the nursing home. Terrible, terrible. It's not that way. Okay, it is not that way. All right, it's not. Hey, if I get some help, oh, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> where, where did you get that? Well, you know, you've been you've been reaching out the hand to help to other people. Take it; it's out there, right? Take it yourself. More blessed to give than receive, and all that, right? Well, sometimes it's pretty blessed to receive because it's not just about you. It's also about your spouse. It's about how do we provide the highest level of care for your spouse while at the same time doing these other things. See, so much of what we do, uh, and, and you, I think you start to get a sense of this at the Life Plan Workshop, right? That's why we encourage the Life Plan Workshop. It's balancing things. Look, I want my spouse to be taken care of, and I want to take care of them. Yeah? Okay, well, do you want good care, or do you want to do all the care? Because those things can be incompatible. What if 
we could get some other people to help out with the care. So you're still involved. And now we raise the level of care for your spouse. What about that? Wouldn't that be a good thing? And at the same time, you're not killing yourself. So you become one of the two-thirds who die first. I mean, I mean think about that. You're, yeah, yeah, I know. You're slaving away, blah, 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 you know. And to some extent, you know, it feels good. It's like I'm doing the good thing. I'm doing the righteous thing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now you die. You're dead, okay, because you killed yourself keeping the, your spouse out of nursing home. Who's going to take care of your spouse now, right? Who's going to care for your spouse the way you care for your spouse? Who's going to do that? Nobody, all right? So, so look, drop the blinders, put out the hand, say, hey, you know, it'd be nice to get a little help here, a little help over here, right? And now, all right, now you, <laughs> now you get to badger those people, right? <laughs> you know, because, and, and the thing to do is that I've challenged people to do this too. Think about the level of care your spouse would get if you were not here. If, if it was just these people providing, not that they're wonderful people, okay, and they do a very, very good job, right? But what if you weren't here? Would they get the level? Of, what do they know about your spouse that you do know? And you say, well, he doesn't like it like this. He likes it like that, all right? Scrambled eggs, hate scrambled eggs. He wants runny, sunny side up. Okay, they get runny, sunny side up eggs. That's what you get, okay? Well, who else knew that besides you, all right? And if you insist on do everything, and like most spouses, Caregiver spouses die first two-thirds of the time, right? Who the heck is going to know that your spouse likes runny eggs? The answer is nobody, and now they're not going to get it. Whereas if you preserved yourself by accepting some help without going broke, without going broke, I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying you don't have to, right? So if you would accept a little bit, then your spouse gets what they need, right? You're not dead, which is a plus, Okay, and in fact, because you're still around, they get a better level of care. Do you see? That's what this elder law stuff is all about. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it should because I've been <laughs> I've been pounding on it for over ten years now. But that's what this is all about. It's all about making sure that you're there, that your choices matter. Okay, and the fact that you can't do everything, live with it, accept it. Okay, all right, accept it, and then move on, and then. Your spouse gets a better level of care, and you're not dead, and you're around for your kids and your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and everybody else. But that's what this thats what this stuff is all about. That's what this elder law is all about. How do we make sure that your choices count, that you don't kill yourself, your spouse doesn't kill themselves, caring for you, all right? And it isn't just a case of, hey, I need some help. Oh, feet first out to the nursing home. It doesn't work that way. Uh, not anymore. Now, if you're dealing with, you know, 10-year-old information, 5-year-old information, 50-year-old, what Uncle Charlie did and all the rest. Listen, it's not that way anymore. Things have changed, changed significantly. Okay? You've been listening to the David. Now, how do you find out about that? Come to a Life Plan workshop. These are the workshops we do in Grand Rapids, um, down at the office in Portage, at the office in Holland, at the office in uh, Norton Shores. And then we do our hometown workshops, hither and yon, Byron Center or Grand Haven or you name it. And if you'd like us to do a, a, a hometown workshop in your neighborhood, in your hometown, well, give us a call. It's easy to do, 888-463-2843. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney, and you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, 
and business law. So give us a call, why don't you? 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. And that way you can get what you want to be on the air instead of, you know, listening to me. I mean, who who wants that? Uh, You know, one of the things that uh, uh, I have to say, because I think it it is important to – the way we approach things, as I said before, we're uh, we're all about using the system, using the laws and stuff like that to benefit you. Uh, and in order to do that, we have to first of all focus on what is it you want, okay? Because we don't focus on what you want; the rest of it's a waste of time. Uh, and once, but once we've done that, then it's a question of well, how do we put together something that's appropriate, that uses the laws they are, you know, that's something that we can depend on, and move forward. That's what we cover at the Life Plan Workshops. That's why I think it's so important to go because at the Life Plan Workshops, we, we tell you, oh, the, here's how the system works. It's not even a system, but here's how it works. Okay, <laughs> put it that way. Here's how the situation works, and here are some of the things that can be done. I know they seem crazy. I know they seem unlikely, <laughs> but <laughs> that's it, right? Then the question is always, well, how do we know how do we know that that's still going to work? Right? And the the answer is we don't, okay? We don't for sure because we're not in the future yet, okay? But there is a very strong, very strong uh, tradition in this country about the rule of law that, you know, if you tell me what the rules are, I get to play by them. Now, with Medicaid, it's a little different because they, they change stuff on us, okay? The good news is that Congress 10 years ago in 06 laid down what we rely on, still rely on today, which has not been substantially altered, okay? And so we have a foundation that we can rely on. And now we've got new people coming in and people are like, oh, what's going to happen now with the, you know, Affordable Care or Obamacare? Is it going to be Trump Care? Is it going to be this and that? And woo, you know, very, you know, very worried that things are going to be different, okay? Uh, and a lot of things are going to be different, but I think... I should say, and I think one of the things that will be different is that because, um, and you got this, you know, I don't know if you watch the hearings or if it's tough to get from the news reports because they they skew things so badly, right? Because it's all about the gotcha with the news reports. You know, ooh, he said this, gotcha, gotcha here, gotcha there, bing, bing, bump up. You know, they're all they're all about the who punched who in the nose when it comes to it. But but you do get. Still, even even in the news reports, you do get um, the sense that these are folks who do not agree uh, with Trump, you know, 100 percent, right, that they, they differ in significant ways. And from their backgrounds, right, uh, in business and what have you, and primarily business, right, and the military, uh, you get the sense that these really are serious people who have had to accomplish results, right? Excuses are not, you know, you, you don't look at these people. I mean, look, let's just be honest about it. Look at John Kerry, right? What is that guy but a huge walking excuse? Well, it's not my fault because I tried really hard. It's all a bunch of excuses, right? Well, why didn't you accomplish anything? You know, it's just, it's nonsense, in my opinion. And when have you ever, hey, Kerry, when have you ever made payroll? Uh, didn't happen. Uh, when have you ever done that? Uh, it didn't happen. You know, what is he, you know, he managed to get himself elected. He mar- managed, okay, to marry somebody who was very rich, right, who happened to be the, you know, the surviving spouse of a Republican 
billionaire or whatever. Okay, well, now, now you got some money. Got it. Understood. You know, I mean, that's – but and now you get a guy who's, ooh, ExxonMobil. Ooh, they're terrible. Hey, listen, that guy had to make payroll. That guy had to deal over the course of his entire career with the oil embargo, with all kinds of really tough stuff and come through at the end and deliver value. Not excuses, not a bunch of hot air. Oh, I tried really hard. <coughs> Nobody cares if you try really hard in that context. What they care about are results. And now that guy's the guy. And they, well, that's all the guy. The guy they're putting in charge of the, uh, you know, they call it the Department of Defense. I wish they'd go back to calling it the Department of War because that's what it is. All right. I mean, it's not here to do global warming or whatever. It's here to, you know, kill people and break. I was, when I was in the service, um, we were uh, <laughs> you know, uh, going through training, and it's like, you know, what's the purpose of the military? You know, the United States Army. Defend the landmass. Win the Continental War. You know, we had all the things out of the, out of the book. And the instructor who'd, who'd fought in Vietnam and everything else, he goes, no, no, not at all. The purpose of the Army is to kill people and break things. Well, you got a guy now, Mattis, in charge of the – who understands that that's the mission. Now, who they kill, what they break – and listen, and you can kid yourself that it's about something else. It isn't, right? You can kill your, you can kid yourself that it's about humanitarian relief in case of floods and stuff like this. There's bad people out there who want to kill you, who want to take your stuff, right? And you say, oh, well, violence never solved anything. Violence never solved anything. Oh, really? Tell that to George S. Patton, okay? Tell that to Eisenhower. Tell that, you know, a lot of good stuff has happened because the United States, I mean, ask the people in France. You know, those who remember, right? Or in England, for that matter, or the Netherlands, or, you know, go around the globe, all right? Killing people and breaking stuff has been a very good way to put down bad guys, like forever, okay? <laughs> Jesse James, what did they do to him? They killed him, all right? They took his stuff away. You know, that's, 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 it's an important job. And Mattis is a guy who's gotten results, not staff jobs, not, you know, writing reports and all the rest of this stuff, but actually out there in the field making it happen, you know, and that's the kind of people we've got going, which is hugely encouraging to me in the sense of when we're doing your planning, we're not dealing with people who are going to turn on, turn on a dime and shift with the wind and sacrifice your interests, you know, for no good purpose. They're people who've been tested in the fire, who've come through, right, who are going to be, I believe, and we'll see. I, mean, I could be wrong about all this. I could be wrong, but I'm not, <laughs> which we'll see in a year or two or three, right? Uh, but these are people who are serious people who are going to adhere to the rule of law because they know what it's like to be on the other end. They know what it's like to have their knees cut out from them, okay? And that's why I believe, and we'll say, like I say, experience is the teacher, right? We'll find out. Uh, but I believe they've been on the receiving end of that. They didn't like it. And that's not going to happen. And they're willing to stand up. The fact that they're willing to, in their testimony, contradict things that the president-elect have said, that's hugely encouraging. That is great. It means that we got people out there who are actually thinking, right, and actually going to work for us. That's what I think. We'll see. You've been listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney.
Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney, and you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. Give us a call, why don't you? 888-463-2843. That's 888-463-2843. And we'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. We've got Jerry on the line. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the David Carrier Show. Morning, David. So how can we help? Yeah. Well, I, it was, I was listening this morning. It was very interesting. You uh, had a segment on about succession planning. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm on a little bit of a, a different uh, situation in the family business. I'm a, I'm a minority stockholder right. of a corporation, about $24 million, mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to retire. And uh, I'm about ready to start my negotiation as to selling out my minor portion of that business and i just wondered if you could give me some help and insight as to how to handle that and and who i should get to to help me value that small minority share well was there was there a um I, i'm guessing there was no buy sell at the buy sell agreement done at the time um that you received your shares is that right well um, uh unfortunately that's not true i i did sign a buy sell back in uh, the mid eighties, um, it was something they, they had given me and I had gotten some not so great advice and I did sign it. It, it talked about the buyout being stockholder equity, right. uh, in the company. And, uh, of course, a lot of time has passed since then and, and other company growth and acquisition happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I did have someone look at it, and they said, well, yeah, it is It is binding if they want to hold you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I'm going to ask them not to do that because, in my mind, the intention when I signed it was, um, you know, hey, if, if this guy doesn't work out or, you know, things uh, go south there's a, with our relationship, there's a, this is a way we can get him out of the business without too much problem. Right, but uh, now it's been close to thirty years, and I'm hoping they would reconsider that. Uh well, um, <laughs> okay, you stumped the chump. Um, well, the thing the thing is to I think it, it's like uh, you're so, you're in this negotiation. It's sort of you're asking for um, more for a raise than anything else. If the if the buy sell is still binding and there's a formula, you know, it, it's just analogy, right? Um, mm-hmm. Star Wars, right? The 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 guy who did Darth Vader in Star Wars, the original Star Wars, uh, had a percentage of the profits. Okay, so far there haven't been any profits from Star Wars, the original movie, because of the way Hollywood accounted, because of the way they do it. And if in your buy sell agreement you agree to uh, value the stock at a number that was dependent, uh, a number that was, uh, put it, tweakable, right, or dependent on whatever the majority thought, okay, well, then you can, you know, they get to decide that. I mean, they get to they get to play that game. Now, if there is no buy-sell agreement, then things are different. If there's no buy-sell agreement, then you can, uh, you know, then you've got minority shareholder rights, and, and you still have the right to information and things like this. Uh, but when it comes to the to the buyout, you're you're really in a negotiation at that point, and then it's just a matter mm-hmm. of, I mean, does the, um, I mean, what what percentage do you own? 
Let me put it that way. Start. Two uh, percent. Okay. So so two uh, percent of uh, of twenty four million is what five hundred thousand? Am I doing that right, or is it fifty thousand? No, five hundred. All right. Yeah. Okay. So four eighty, four hundred eighty thousand. So, um, you know, is the company in a position to pay it? Are they? What What is the book value? I mean, if you went by that, the number that the calculated yeah, or, number that they refer to in the buy sell. How much are we talking about? I I, I don't have that in front of me. I'd, I'd have to look at that. But sure. that that brings up another point, David. Is um, I was going to contact my accountant, uh, of course, give them statements and ask them, uh, hey, what would you consider my 2% value to be? Um, and uh, the, the situation that I'm faced with there is my accountant is also the company accountant. Okay, so, so we know we need to get another accountant. <laughs> right, we know we need another accountant. Right, you, okay. you you can't you can't put somebody in that position, right? All Be, right, I got you. Thanks. That's it, something I wanted to get your opinion on. Yeah, well, I mean, the left half of the brain can't tell the right half what's going on. I mean, this is why, uh, like real estate agents, we 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 hate those dual agencies um, because one of the things when you agree to a dual agent is you uh, you acknowledge and you accept that you know if you're selling, they might pay more, but the agent isn't going to tell you. And if you're buying, they may take less, and the agent isn't going to tell you. I mean, that's that's okay, in that. But that's why you don't try to have attorneys represent both sides in a, you know, in a negotiation because you just can't do it, right? There are some things that are unwaivable, and that would seem to me clearly to be to be one of them because, you know, yeah, you need a you need a different accountant at least at least on this aspect. I mean, if the guy's good at doing your taxes and everything else, okay, fine. Um, but for determining the value of the shares and everything else, it's going to be uh, you're going to need somebody on the outside. Um, this is one of those two where, and, and it happens so often where, uh, <coughs> what 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 can be accomplished is going to depend on what the documents actually say. You know, sometimes people think, well, it doesn't matter what you sign. It does matter what you sign. Um, and what you're telling what what I took away from what you had said was. Uh, you've had someone review it, and let's just assume they're correct about it, that it is binding, uh, and that what it does is it binds you to an unrealistic formula for valuing your shares because the idea behind doing that unrealistic formula for valuing the shares was if you didn't work out, then it wouldn't cost them very much to you know, move you down the road. But in the meantime, you've got some shares, right? And the I- Okay, and then the idea is that that's still binding. Well, then it's still binding. And then it's a matter of, I mean, do other people have this deal with them? Other? Uh, well, and uh, no. The way things have worked out is uh, uh, when I got in the business, there were five individuals that basically had equal percentages. And I was a younger guy at the time, uh, uh, just coming up, and they they allowed me to, to have part of the business. Uh, they had told me at the time that, yes, everybody's going to sign the same agreement. Well, that wasn't really the case. And now in, in hindsight, uh, you know, I can understand that. But uh, I, uh, I I guess my thought was that, hey, I, I can ask uh, if they're willing to do that. I'm not I, – I don't think I ha- have a basis for a lawsuit necessarily, and I'll move on. But um, I just – 
wanted to, to see if they would offer me more and ask them for the buyout. If they say we've got a buy-sell agreement and we're done, then then I just move on and go from there. But right. I was hoping that now that the business is built up and I've helped do that over the years, that you know they would say, hey, this, we did this as a, uh, a gap. Uh, safety valve and, and uh, things worked out and we, we value your contributions over the year and we'll compensate you a little bit more right and I and I think that's the that's the conversation you need to have right that you're exactly right that is the conversation you need to have because uh, and and I was asking did other people have the same deal because what they do with you would send a message to the other folks uh, in the in the company sure. and it will in any event right uh, it'll be you mm-hmm. know um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We could have said, "Hey, you know, ten years ago when you'd proven yourself and we're value, you know, hey, let's renegotiate this so it's closer to the actual value." I mean, you had that, you had that opportunity, um, and maybe that was the time. Maybe that was the time to have done it. So I, I guess it's it's sort of a cautionary tale, right? Um, right. You know, don't assume, don't assume that things are going to work. I mean, the difference between you know, fifty thousand that's available in the buyout under this buy sell agreement, and and half a million dollars. That's a that's a big deal. It should be something that um, that you'd be uh, concerned about. But but you know something, we see it every single day. Where uh, and I'm just relating it back to uh, to the whole long term care thing, right? Where people don't plan ahead. You know, they just one foot in front of the other until they're broke, and then you say, well, you know. Five years ago, we could have done this. Two years ago, we could have done. You know, six months ago, we could have we could have done these things. Um, and and so I'm not criticizing. What I'm suggesting is it's a very human thing to, you know, my situation right now. I'm I'm in a good situation. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to necessarily change anything right now. But we have to have, you know, assume things. I'm a pretty cheerful guy. Okay. But when it comes to planning, I just assume everything is a, <laughs> is an S sandwich, okay? I assume everything's gone wrong, couldn't be worse. Well, if that's the case, are we still okay? Because if we're still okay, then I'm doing my job. Uh, but I don't assume sunny days. I don't assume people are going to be nice. I assume they're not going to be. Uh, and then if they are nice, hey, let's have a parade. Wonderful. Great, but if they're not, then my folks are still okay. The people that I work with are still okay. So I, I think that's the, and I, and I think I think your idea of look here's the value I've provided to the company. Here was the original understanding. All the rest of it, if these people are reasonable people, right, then you know giving you what the shares are worth, well, should be. And I wouldn't I wouldn't lead with the fact that hey, you only have to give me twenty five cents. Could you give me half a million? I wouldn't lead with that. I would say I've got 2% of the company and 2% of the company, and here's the most recent value. You know, I think I ought to get four, <coughs> 480, whatever. Let them tell you why that's not going to be. Okay? Yeah. Don't volunteer it. Well, David, got it. And let me ask you this, then. Um, uh, how should I go about uh, establishing the value? Uh, contact an accountant, give them the statement. I'd look, uh, yeah, I'd look at... And then, how how did you determine the value? Well, the value. I, t- I tell you what, I, I I got my board operators jumping up and down. So, uh, hang on, and we'll we'll deal with that in the next segment. Okay. Okay, Jerry. So hang on through the break. You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier. 
your family's personal attorney. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. 888-463-2843 is the number for you to call if you'd like to get your question on the air. You can use the same number, 888-GO-DAVID, 888-GO-DAVID, if you'd like to sign up for one of our life plan workshops. These are the workshops we do every single week in Grand Rapids. And then alternate weeks in, uh, let's see, Portage and Holland and up there in uh, good old Norton Shores. Uh, Plus, we're adding more and more of the hometown workshops. These would be, for example, in Byron Center, in Grand Haven, Greenville, where have you. If you'd like a a local workshop, if you think that would be a good idea so you don't have to drive so far, well, fine. Give us a call, 888-463-2843. And... Uh, you know, we'll bring <clears throat> we'll bring the party to your town. How about how about that? Uh, we've been talking today with uh, with Jerry about succession planning. Jerry is a two percent shareholder in a a good sized company, about twenty four million. How we get to that value, we'll talk about. Um, and the problem is, back when they issued the shares, uh, the the buy sell agreement was written in such a way to make it easy for them to repossess the shares in case Jerry didn't work out. Well, Jerry worked out famously. That's 30 years ago. The company's grown by leaps and bounds. And now the question is, are we still held to that value way back, you know, prehistory? Am I, am I getting it, Jerry? Is that about right? Yes, that's very good, yes. And uh, the value at that time 30 years ago was, was uh, pegged to uh, stockholder equity. Okay. It wasn't any kind of goodwill or anything. It was just whatever the stockholder equity was at the time. I would leave. Well, you know, stockholder equity is one of those uh, weasel terms, right, where it it can mean anything. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, and that was why I used the example of Star Wars. I mean, what's profit in Hollywood? Ugh. You know, it's more fictional uh, than Wookiees, okay? it's And no one's ever seen one, um, you know, because they just play games with it. And so when you say shareholder equity or net profit or uh, retained earnings or something like that, <clears throat> they all have they all have meanings, um, you know, under the generally accepted accounting principles. Yes, uh, but when it comes to contracts, th- those words, you know, they're as slippery as uh, slippery as can be. So I think your approach to, you know, go to the owners of the company and say, "Hey, look, you know, president, whoever, uh, the board of directors, look, back in the day, you know, I had two percent, and then now the question is, what's the value of the company now, right?" Yeah, many ways, many ways to value a company. Um, The, you know, people like to say, okay, what if you took all the stuff, you took the buildings and the machinery and all the rest, what could you sell it for? That's a way of uh, valuing a business. Okay, Um, you know, especially with smaller business, people do it like that. Um, You know, then sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, 80 percent of revenue, you know, 0.8 percent of revenue Um, or half of the profit for the last five years. There's all kinds of 
rule of thumb type formulas out there. But <clears throat> my my favorite way of looking at a way, another way is I think the IRS has like twenty four different ways of valuing uh, valuing a business. Um, I think it helps if you think about a business uh, as simply a black box that throws out money. Okay, after you've paid everybody's salary, right? Then the question is, how much profit is there in the business? All right, that's the first question. And then the second question is, how much would it cost me to buy a CD that gave out that kind of value? Okay, so let's say your company makes, the company makes a million dollars a year. All right, well, how big a CD would you have to buy that would provide a million dollars a year? Okay, that's that's what we call capitalizing the income stream. And, you know, a business obviously is not a CD. It's not guaranteed. It's not all those things. So you have to say, well, okay, I could get 2% on a CD, right? And this is kicking off a million dollars a year. Therefore, I would need, you know, $500 million worth of CDs to throw off a million dollars every year at 2%. Okay, but it's not worth $500 million. Get that. Plus, it's not 2%. Well, Maybe you need a higher rate of return because the because it's a business. Well, is a ten percent rate? Is a twenty percent rate? Well, now you're you're kind of cutting down. But it, but it does give you a way to start thinking about what is the value of the company, right? So how much profit? Question: How much profit did the company make? All right, after all the salaries were paid. If you know the answer to that number, that gives you kind of a start in terms of thinking about figuring out, well, what is my 2% share worth? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. Have you gotten any benefit from the 2%? Have they distributed profit based on the 2% dividends? Yes, they have. Yeah, I have. um, When they do a distribution uh, to pay taxes or whatever, um, I get my 2% worth. Uh, you know, a thousand dollars or something like that. So, and right now the the business is profitable, um, but we're in an industry that's that's mature to say the least, mm-hmm. which is the printing business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I know that um, this isn't like an internet start company that's you know could be worth billions in, in fifty years. As a matter of fact, the value is you know it's it's a risky investment to make at this time mm-hmm. but uh right now it's profitable and and i'm just looking for something fair and equitable and uh i guess it determines when i'll retire and how i'll step down if if we can come to an agreement and i still have some value i i would like to stay involved in the business or at least help them if they have questions um or if uh you know if we decide the, the value isn't uh, appropriate, then I would just turn and walk away and give them two weeks' notice and move on. Right, so. right, right. But you're right, you're right about printing business. I mean, you know, printing business is not as uh, far gone as people think, but it, it is. But you're right; it's a it's a real challenge when everyone's got you know desktop publishing and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. we. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I exactly, and I and I I understand that. I'm not. Uh, looking to get more than than I should but I just think that it's a little bit more worth more than stockholder equity and I'm with you on that and, sure. uh, pardon me I, I I say I'm with you on that okay. right 
Oh, there goes the music. Thanks very much for calling, Jerry. We'll uh, we'll look for you next week. <laughs> You've been listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. You've been listening to The David Carrier Show, a lively discussion addressing your questions and concerns, but not legal advice. There is a big difference. So when making decisions that affect your family, your property, or yourself, the best advice is to seek good advice specific to your unique needs. If you missed any of today's show or would like additional information about the law offices of David Carrier, please visit davidcarrierlaw.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.